The other sister said, ease up on me, Lord, for I hurt myself. Anybody ready to have a move of God in this place? I greet you in the name of Jesus. The last time I came, Pastor warned me he was not going to be here. I came prepared for the inevitability of that. This morning, he didn't feel to share that with me. So I did not know that I was coming without Pastor being here again. However, it's not a problem. I feel like God wants me to say this to you. For all of you that might get a little put out with your pastor being so busy through the summer months, just remember, you could be stuck with a pastor that nobody else wants to hear. You ought to thank God for a pastor that's a good speaker and a popular speaker. Come on, let's give it up for him. Let somebody put him on notice when he gets off. We missed you, but we're glad you're good enough to be sought after. Psalms 139 and verse 1. Thank you for your kind attendance. I would like to say to you that I'm hoping that we get to do this when he is back and maybe when the fall we can have a season of revival. We've talked about it. We just hadn't figured out exactly when it would work for us. But we are having incredible, unprecedented revival in the Southern California district. We have had over 300 people get the Holy Ghost in the last just little while. We have just recently, I say we, my wife has been gone for the last three months with her father, sick with cancer. She comes home this week, and I'm so happy about that. But we have just moved our trailer to the Butler's Church in, uh, yeah, Bellflower, and believe we're going to see a great move of God there. But it's an honor to be with you this morning. Psalms 139 and 1. Let me tell you before I read my text that uh, whenever I agreed to be here today, I thought that you were about 30 minutes from my next appointment. You are an hour. I'm supposed to be there at 2. It's okay. They're expecting me to be late. They know. So if you want something from God, I'm just putting you on notice. He's going to do a quick work. So when I give my altar call, don't stand back there and think about it 10 minutes because I'm going to be slipping out the door and headed north. If you want something, come get it. God's ready to pour His Spirit out in this place. <laughs> Psalms 139 and 1. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting, my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Verse 13 of that same chapter says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. Everybody say, I know that I know that he knows that I know he knows me. And with all of my frailties and all of my failures, come on with all the bumps and all the warts. 
He loves me. He picked me. Look at verse 15. My substance was not hid from thee. And when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lower parts of the earth, thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. Say that with me. Unperfect. Doesn't even sound good, does it? Unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which is in continuance, were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. And when I awake, I am still with thee. David would later pen these words. If I ascend to the heights of heaven, behold, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, I've discovered you're there. Simply put, you can't outrun God. There's nowhere you could be this morning that He is not going to be able to meet you there and touch you. Whether you're flying on cloud nine, come on, or in a submarine in the lower parts of the earth, God is right with you. He knows you. He knows your frame. Now, I don't have time to develop this message as I would normally do it, so I'm going to give you the punchline right here, right now. Have you ever heard of DNA? Come on, genetic testing. That's exactly what David just described to you. They're telling me now that they are doing pre-birth surgeries on little babies in the mother's womb. That's what he just described. He said, before my finger ever formed, you knew just how long it was going to be. Before my nose ever was a nose, you knew how big it was going to be. Before I had ears, you knew what they were going to look like. Before I had my first hair on my head, you knew which color it was going to be. Simply put, he said, God, there's no surprises. You know me. Now, with that in mind, I want to tell you the title of my message today. The power of the bloodline. The power of the bloodline. Put your Bibles away. Stretch your hands forth. And let's pray one more time. Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful congregation that has gathered up in this house. It is my high honor to be your mouthpiece today. I pray earnestly now, God, that you would anoint me afresh, but not me only, but anoint the ears of the hearers and let them receive the word of God gladly that each one of us would leave this place with our faith a little higher in you. In Jesus' name we do pray, and we're going to be quick to give you the glory and all of the honor. Oh, let's clap our hands and shout, yes. Oh, come on, let's shout, yes. God bless you. You may be seated. I believe that what we are suffering in America today is what I have termed a self-esteem epidemic. The result of a people who have lost sight of and failed to realize their importance and their worth in Christ. We simply need to take a fresh look 
at this great gospel and realize that we did not choose him. He chose us. The scripture is very plain that before the foundation of the world, he picked us. He knows the end from the beginning. He know, Come on, somebody. He knows every detail. And with all of the details laid out ahead of him, he said, I'm still going to pick you. Simply put, brothers and sisters, there are no surprises in the kingdom of God. It is not a shock to God that you're sitting here today. You did not surprise him by your coming. He knew full well you we're going to make the trip today. And he stands ready to bless you, to heal you, come on, to inspire you, to develop you, to bless you. Now, let me put this in perspective for all of us. The first thing you need to realize is that in the Bible, in the Bible, there are only two peoples. Now, I know immediately you start thinking about what about there there's Hittites and Jebusites and no th- those are cultures those are I've said there's only two peoples there's Jews and non-Jews or we call them Gentiles there's two peoples that's it now I know in your mind you're thinking yeah that's Old Testament no it's New Testament too and I'm going to prove it if you give me time there are, everybody say two peoples And when you study the Word of God, it is very clear and it's very apparent that God has a complete different way of dealing with, touching, come on, and treating those two peoples. There's the blessed and then there's the cursed. There's there's the redeemed and there's the unredeemable. Is anybody going to help me? There's There's the chosen and the rejected. There's the... I know it's sobering. I didn't come to depress you. There's just two peoples. I can't help myself. I don't have time to give you all the Old Testament references. But let me give you the New Testament because most of us doubt the New Testament validity of this subject. But let me just tell you that in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 5, this is what it says. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Everybody say the Jews. Jesus After he came and called his disciples, after he anointed and sent forth the 70, the instructions were the same as they were in the Old Testament. Go bless the Jews. Go preach to the Jews. We have any Jews in here today? I'm talking about birth. This is the first time I've asked that question that there was not one. Let me tell you something. Jesus, again, speaking to the woman. He had come into a private place. He was looking for a little rest. And this woman began to pester his disciples and then him. And this was his remark to her. He said, It is not meat that I should take the bread of the children and feed it to the dogs. He called her. Everybody say, deal with it. Paul declares in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, 
That at that time you were without Christ. You were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers from the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in this world. Somebody say two peoples. Now, if I left you hanging there, I wouldn't be much of an evangelist. This is why I came to preach this message. Because I'm talking about... The bloodline. At this point in history, they just simply were not in the bloodline. But I want you to know that before he made his statement in Ephesians 2.12, he laid the foundation and established the principle in the first part of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 2. These were his words. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. Everybody say, Father. Who from the Lord Jesus Christ, blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Everybody watch this now. In Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Simply put, when you get in Christ... You get in the bloodline. Now, up until this point, I've had you at a disadvantage because you've never heard anything like this in your life. And you're wondering, what in the name of God is this preacher preaching about? Well, thankfully, I don't have a whole lot of time to to, to drag you along. So let me bring you up to date. I am a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, heaven-bound, born-again believer. Come on, I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knee. Come on, I've been washed by the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. Hey, my name is Preston Plemons Jesus, I got the blood of royalty flowing through my face. I don't have any doubt about who I am. I don't have an esteem problem. I am blood bought, hand picked. What? I'm in the bloodline. I've been grafted in, bought in, adopted in, transferred in, born in by the blood. Woo! Everybody say, we got it. I worked for a very eccentric millionaire at one time in my life. Anytime he did anything, he did it with excellence and with passion. One day he got the bright idea that he was going to be the owner of a world-class, first-rate, top-notch, champion horse farm. Now, in Texas, we're not big on horse farms. You'd have to go to Kentucky or Tennessee, some of those places, maybe even the Carolinas, to find really top-notch, old-line, come on, established horse business. But Mr. Meyer decided he was going to do it in Texas. So you know what he did? He went to Kentucky. He went to Tennessee, and he toured all of the biggest and best and most prominent horse ranches he could find. And he came home to Texas, and he threw himself into it. He literally spent millions of dollars preparing for this horse business. He bought a big colonial home and hired two, two full-time veterinarians, a husband and wife team, and moved them in. They were going to be the resident vets for this horse business. And then he spent $1 million putting up PVC white 
fence that looked like Kentucky fencing. And then he went so far, brother, to the detail that he actually found out what kind of trees they planted on their fence rows. And he hired somebody and found him some trees and planted the right kind of trees. Tell somebody, get ready to help me now. He built the paddocks and the barns with the air-conditioned stalls and the hay. Come on, I mean, he spared no expense. I mean, he put it together. It was incredible looking. To this day, when you drive in to Summer's Mill, you can go look it up online, Summer's Mill's Farm. It is incredible. But I'll never forget one afternoon. We were marching across that place looking around. He was bragging about all the stuff. He said, but now, he called me by my childhood nickname. He said, now, Butch, we got to find us a champion. See, it doesn't do any good to build the buildings and hire the vets and plant the trees until you get you a bloodline. And so he went to work, and he began to search, and he began to study. And he found in Dallas, Texas, the standing Texas champion stallion. He called the man on the phone. He said, I want to buy your horse. He said, sir, that horse ain't for sale. He said, sir, everything is for sale. And within seven days, we had that stallion come on standing in our stall. We had us a champion bloodline. That year, 654 mares would be sired by that one horse. Can I tell you, it's all about the bloodline. Oh, I want to go into this. I don't have time, but i got to do it. Let me tell you something. The, the, the people that work in this industry now, they don't call them breeders. They call them bloodstock agents. They don't fly to Kentucky to look at the horse. They don't drive down to Texas to look at the horse. Oh, no, 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 no. They study the DNA, the genetics of those animals. Now, get this. They don't just study their mama and their daddy and their grandma and their grandpas. They don't just study their great-grandma. No, no, no. They study that bloodline 300 years removed. Before they ever match a mare and a stallion together, they now have a computer program that they feed all of the genetic information into. And they can tell you before there's ever a baby born how wide his chest will be expected to be, what color his eyes will be, how his ears will stand. They can tell you how long his forepaws would be. They can tell you how big his hoofs are expected. They can tell you how much he's going to weigh, how many hands tall he'll be. They'll tell you what his girth is going to be, how much he's expected to weigh at full-blown growth, literally put, before they ever match him, they've already determined what's going to come out. Can I tell you that the winter circle is filled every year by designed, manipulated, pre-planned champions? And can I tell this congregation that 2,000 years removed, the bloodstock agent of your soul went up to Calvary's hill, and he made a decision, and he made a I'm looking for some winners. I'm going to, come on, I'm going to design some winners. And so when you get to heaven with me, I'm telling you now, there's not going to be any surprises at the Bema Seat of Christ. You're not going to shock Daddy. He's expecting you to win. Because it's all about the bloodline. If somebody shout, I got it. Whew. Nothing 
moves an apostolic meeting like somebody getting up and began to sing about the blood. Come on. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Somebody will get up and say, I see a crimson stream of blood. Come on. And then we get crazy and start singing. There's power, power, wonder work and power in the blood oh, of the Lamb. Yes, there's power, power, wonder work and power in the precious blood of... You believe that? Clap your hands and shout yes with the evangelist today. all about the bloodline. I need some help now. We'll just, we'll just start right here. We'll take these three. I'll take you and you and you and you and you and you and you. Don't, don't make me come drag you up. Let's go. Come on. My God, they're counting this time against me. They're already calling me long-winded. Y'all got me waiting. Come on. Count off. Starting with the first guy. One, two, three. Hello. One, two, three, four. How many we got? Anybody? Ten? Eleven. Twelve. Thirteen. I would have took the guy sitting next to you, but he looks so comfortable. He played hard last night. How many we got up here now? Anybody counting? How many? We got 15, 14, 15, come on. I picked you already. I knew I'd have my counter wasn't off. Let's marry you. And then Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Why did Nicodemus come to Jesus by night? Because he didn't want anybody to see him coming in the daylight. Hello. This was Nicodemus' query. Lord, what must I do to inherit the kingdom? He said, listen here, Nicodemus, don't be surprised. It's not that hard. All you got to do is be born again. He said, oh, hold up. That sounds real good, Jesus, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of old. How am I going to go back into my mother's womb and be born again? He said, no, no, you're talking about physical. I'm talking about spiritual. You've got to be born of the water and of the... Stay right there. I got a real good point. I'm going to make it, and then we're going to go home. There were 15 generations. Are you with me now? From David to the captivity. 15 generations from the captivity to Christ. 15. Look in the Bible. Look in Matthew. He beget and 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 he beget. And you had Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. All the way down to. But here comes. Now, come on now. Y'all don't make me do the hard stuff. I don't have to go back up there and look at my notes. I'm done. 
Go read it. The seed of Abraham. He did not say to the seeds of Abraham as in many, but he said the seed of Abraham as in one. So if the seed of Abraham, you got to understand what I'm trying to tell you. We're not talking about many Christ. We're not talking about many gods. We're not talking about many gospels. There is just one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one father of all through all and in you all. I'm talking about the power. And so Nicodemus just goes brain dead crazy on him. And he says, but I have Abraham unto my father. And when you get Abraham, you get some stuff. You're going to be blessed when you come in. You're going to be blessed when you come out. You're going to be blessed when you rise. You're going to be blessed when you sit. You're going to be blessed in your gathering. You're going to be blessed in your planting. You're going to be blessed. Come on, somebody. You're going to be blessed in your hire. Come on in. I'm going to bless the storehouse. I'm going to bless the field. I'm going to bless the stock. I'm going to bless the horses. I'm going to bless the camels. There is some awesome stuff that you get when you get in the family line. But Jesus said, before Abraham was, do you get what I'm trying to tell you now? Paul tried to explain it to you. He said, listen, he hath given us all spiritual blessings. If it's available, it's mine. Because when I get in the bloodline of Jesus, not only do I get all of the stuff of Abraham, but I get everything before Abraham ever thought about being Abraham. I get. Now I want y'all to stay up here. I don't want to. I don't want to mess this up. I was anointed when I typed it. And I want to be anointed when I give it to you. I'm closing. You can stand. Y'all made me work harder than I thought I was going to have to today. What's this now? Everybody say, when I get Jesus. This bloodline conquered death, hell, and... This bloodline has all power in heaven. At the name of Jesus, every knee shout and every tongue shout that he is. He gave him a name that is above every name. In so much, my sweet brother, that he even elevated it above his word. So when you get Jesus, you get the faith of Abraham. You get the strength of Samson. You get the vision of Ezekiel. You get the heart of David. You get the victory of Shamgar. The wisdom of Solomon. The anointing of Isaiah. The miraculous of Elisha. The courage of Joshua and Caleb. The restoration of Amos. The prophecy of Joel. The testimony of the book of Acts. The knowledge of the apostle Paul. The peace of a prince. And the power... 
of the blood. I'm talking about the blood. So how can you know all this stuff and just not praise him? How can you know all? David said, this stuff is too good for me to even know. I mean, he said, God, the knowledge is just making me have a meltdown. It's too, too good, too awesome. This powerful word is knowledge that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And at the mention of that name, demons tremble and must flee. Somebody help me now. At the name of Jesus, sickness is healed. At the name of Jesus, depression is cast low. At the name of Jesus, we take off the spirit of heaviness and put on the garment of praise. At the name of Jesus, there is peace and joy evermore. I said, at the name of Jesus, blind eyes are open. At the name of Jesus. Am I the only one excited about being? Here's what I want you to do now. I want you to make a confession. The Bible said confession's good for the soul. Y'all believe the Bible? Confess this with me. We, which were unblessable, unhealable, unsavable, Gentiles, but the bloodstock agent of my soul started planning. And now I'm more than a conqueror. My name's been written in the Lamb's book of life. one of them. I am filled with the divine power of the Holy Ghost. I am a one God apostolic. I am blood part. I am. How can you not praise him when you walked in with death hell and judgment as your future but when you walk out you walk out in health hope and heaven it's all about the blood I don't know about you but I want that blood on my life I want that blood on my name I want that blood in my now listen to me this is my final plea Get ready to come to this altar. As a matter of fact, if you're on that first two rows, if y'all would just disperse and let them move those chairs back and make me some room for praying for folks. I preached fast because I wanted to pray. 30 minutes from now, no matter what happens, I got to go. But I'm going to be 30 minutes late and do 30 minutes overtime right here, right now. Come on, don't, don't, let's don't waste those 30 minutes. God didn't send me here by accident. Your pastor called me because he believed in my ministry and trusted that when I came, God was going to be with me and we were going to see God do some cool stuff. 
If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, today could be your day. All you've got to do, I said all you've got to do is repent of your sins and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and He will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It will happen. Now, for all of you that are here that perhaps you don't understand that, sir, what is your name? Come here, John. Come stand right here by me. Just turn around and face the crowd. I just need somebody to make me feel special, comfortable. Feel the Holy Ghost working on him right here. If you're not sure how to do this, if you'll follow this simple little pattern. Come on, don't, don't, don't go there. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Listen to me. I'm an evangelist, and this is how evangelists teach people how to pray. Are you ready? Say these words, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I'm asking you, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. Every evil word, every evil deed, and every evil thought. And Jesus... I confess my faith in your shed blood. Cover me, my mind, my soul, my body, and fill me with the baptism of your spirit and manifest in me divine power through the gift of tongues in Jesus' name. Now, if you repented of your sins, Jesus has already promised he is just to forgive you. Clap your hands and say, thank God they're gone. Oh, come on. Thank God they're gone. Ha! He said, whatsoever you ask, believe, and shall be done. You put them under the blood, now they're under the blood. And when they're under the blood, they're as far as the east is from the west and will be remembered no more. Somebody shout, thank God they're covered. Then he said, whatsoever you ask, believe, and shall be done unto you. You asked him for the Holy Ghost. You asked him for the gift of tongues. If you'll lift your hands right now and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ with all of your heart. I'm going to lay my hands on this fellow right here. But when I lay my hand on him, I want you to feel like I laid my hand on every head in this house. And I want you to let your faith go right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I profess the prophetic spirit that the will of God be accomplished in all of us. And let the peace and the power of the Holy Ghost manifest in my Go, Jesus, go. If you just felt God touch you, 
and your tongue got a little unruly, perhaps a little thick, and a funny sound that you never made before started getting in your brain and trying to break in on your praise. I want you to understand something. That's how the Holy Ghost comes. Don't resist it. Don't fight it. That sound that's in your brain, God's putting that in there. You're not making that up. You're not, you're not making yourself. That's God letting you know, I have answered your prayer. So we're going to lay hands on him again. Lift your hands and receive out there in that congregation right now. By the will of the promise of the Almighty God, I plead the blood of Jesus right now. like nicotine and alcohol and, and, and whatever you have need of now's the time to get down to the front of this church now leave him alone I got, I got this come here buddy what's your name Josh Josh I'm going to give you something real important Keep your hands out of your pockets because you can't do nothing productive with your hands in your pockets. You know that? Josh, how old are you? Josh, they kind of drug you down here a while ago. I was feeling so sorry for you. Everybody just piling on, praying for you like you needed it. Josh, I don't know anything about you. Have you ever had the Holy Ghost? You ever spoke in tongues? Do you know what the Holy Ghost is? You do? Would you like to have it? Okay, Josh. I'll tell you something real important. They could drag you down here every night for a month. They could pray for you till their tongue falls out. But Josh, you'll never get the Holy Ghost until you lift your hands, open your mouth, and let God fill it, okay? So here's what we're going to do. Nobody's going to touch you. Nobody's going to. They're not going to put hands on you. They're not going to shake you. They're not going to talk to you. It's just me, you, and Holy Ghost. You ready? Lift your hands way high in the air. All the way, all the way. Throw your head back. Head back, 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 back. Close them eyes real tight. Come on. And say, Jesus. Keep your eyes closed. Now keep your head back. Keep your head back. Keep your head. I got to see where I can see you now, Josh. And now, Josh, when I lay my hand on you, I'm going to pray. And you're going to be talking in English. But the Holy Ghost is coming. You ready? Now, whenever it comes, you're going to make funny sounds you never made before, Josh. Don't worry about what it sounds like. You'll You'll know.
back there watching, why don't you run to the altar right now and start praying one for another? Come on, let's have a season of prayer right now. Come on, stand there and look at me. Move, 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 move. Don't make me come get you. I will. I promise you I will.
Let's magnify the Lord again. Come on, let's praise Him again. Let's shout one more time. Let's give Him some I want you to say this out loud. There will be no surprises in heaven. He's expecting me. He's expecting you to the level that he said, Behold, I have gone to prepare a place that there you may be also. Everybody say, I'm going to make it. Come on, shout it like you mean it. I'm going. Come on, my name's been written. I'm going. I want to say one more time before I leave this pulpit that I appreciate your response, your worship, your willingness to work with a strange evangelist. And uh, hopefully I'll get to come often enough that you'll get used to me and we'll work well together. God is doing great things. Pray for me today. I do have to go quickly to the next service. I believe God's going to do some great things there. If I didn't get to you, I didn't get to pray for you today, please forgive me. Next time I come, I'm not going to schedule anything behind you. And we'll stay and pray all afternoon if we have to. I'll get to everybody. I love you. I love this atmosphere, this spirit. Your pastor's to be commended that he has built a church that worships like this in his absence. It is an incredible thing. It is an incredible thing to find a church this responsive and this attentive. Josh, I love you, buddy. How you feel? Excited about Jesus? Don't ever make them drag you down again. Run. Be the first one down, okay? Amen. If you don't want to be drugged down, beat them to the punk. Run down. God bless you. I love you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Clemens. Remember, uh, this week, uh, while God is preparing a place for you, prepare a place for Him. Amen. Let's be in prayer. Be in our small groups. And... Um, Immediately following the service, the Bible quizzers are selling a nacho boats again. Um, Frito boats, I'm sorry, that's what they're called. <laughs> Frito nachos or nacho boats. Amen. Good nutritious food to um, tide you over for dinner this evening. Amen. So let's uh, love one another and um, God bless y'all. You're dismissed.
in addition to uh, some Frito boats or nacho boats, uh, you buy a nacho boat, you get a whole cake free. So uh, please go out there and um, get your free cake too.